Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hanson. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement, both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations around the globe. Our Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Ava Diamond, but before we meet her, let me share a bit of Ava's background. Ava Diamond is a speaker, trainer and consultant specialising in leadership, employee engagement and women's success. She works with everyone from executives to the front line to create aligned, focused organisations where people activate their potential and do the best work of their lives. Ava's background includes 10 years with a global Fortune 50 computer company and over 20 years working with leaders to increase their effectiveness and their bottom lines. She holds a master's degree in management and organizational behavior. Welcome Ava. Before we start, can I ask you, today we're going to be talking about building high engagement cultures. What exactly does that mean? You know, that's such a good question because we talk so much about employee engagement and we measure employee engagement. But when you talk about a high engagement culture, if you ask 10 people what that was, you'd probably get 10 different responses. So let's talk about what some of the aspects of that are. Excellent. In, in, high, in, high, in a high engagement culture, people are really enthusiastic and excited about their work. Their leaders have found ways to connect the vision of the organization with those people's own personal vision so that they're actually working on things that are important to them. They're connected to the people that they work with. They have great relationships, so they're able to collaborate easily with the people that they work with. And they're in a high engagement culture, the employees have a really strong commitment to the organization and they advocate for the organization. They are really all in to advance the organization and, and work for the organization's clients or customers. So, so they have this mentality where they're going to give it all they have. You know, we all know that employees can show up and do the minimum and do what they need to do to get by and what they need to do to get a good performance appraisal. Or they could give you everything they have, you know, and that difference between what they know they need to give and what they could give if they really wanted to is their discretionary effort. And when there are high engagement cultures, those organizations are able to tap into that discretionary effort and get the best from everyone in their organization. Because people are, are really emotionally invested in their work and in their organization. And they're focused on creating value and on driving the business outcomes that that organization is going after. And, and when you walk into one of those companies, 
you can just feel it. It's it's palpable. There's an energy and an excitement in the air. Mm, interesting. It, I have a, a question that follows on from that. Do you think the the variance in you know the levels of engagement in organisations you work with? Has anything to do with generational issues? You know, we've got the boomers, the X, the Y, the millennials, etc. I think that it, we're going to speak in very broad generalizations here now. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I think there are differences in how you engage people of different generations. And I think a lot of organizations find engaging generation Y, the the youngest employees, the most challenging. But that's only because they haven't really figured out how to do it. I think that you can engage any employee in any organization. And, And it starts at the top, but the top isn't really where the biggest difference is made. The biggest difference is made with each employee and their own individual manager and their own individual team. So it's really up to, you know, no matter what quote unquote corporate is doing or the organization is doing, what it really comes down to is the relationship between that one employee and that employee's supervisor or manager, and how that supervisor or manager is able to tap into the talents and the strengths and the passion and the excitement and the um, the focus of that particular employee and get them focused on and excited about what the organization needs them to be doing. And that's going to vary person to person. So although I do like to educate leaders about the differences between the generations, that just really gives them some background context and generalities. Mm. But it's really one manager and one employee, one at a time. Oh, I like that. And and really, that's, that's a huge part of it because I think often people think about a high engagement culture and they think that you know to make a difference you have to do it as a whole organization but sometimes it's just you know one step at a time you know one person does something that impacts on a on a team that impacts on a department that impacts on a division and and so forth and it ripples out like the proverbial pebble thrown in a lake doesn't it It's very true. And, you know, a lot of leaders are sitting back waiting for the organization, quote unquote, to do something or something to happen corporate wide. And I'll tell you, when you have a leader and a team that's on fire, everybody's looking over going, I wonder what that person is doing. I wonder how they're getting their team so fired up. How are they getting those results? So it can start with one leader and their small team. And yes, it ripples out because everybody wants to know, how's that person getting those results? How are those how is that team so excited and so on fire and so passionate about what they're doing and how are they kicking everybody else's butt and and posting that level of performance so yeah it can start with one manager and one team 
Okay, so we've, we've um, established that a high engagement culture in general terms means that, that the people in the culture or in the organisation are enthusiastic and excited about the work that they do. They're connected to each other. They're not really operating totally in these silo type mentalities. They've got a strong commitment to uh, and advocate for whatever it is that the organisation is working towards. And they really have an all in mentality, both uh, physically and emotionally and they're focused and working towards creating value and driving the outcomes in the business yeah exactly and and that's really important because a lot of people think high engagement is the passion and excitement part but they forget about the goal accomplishment part well I mean, absolutely your passion and your excitement is focused toward accomplishing particular outcomes. So I'm glad you mentioned that again, because that's a critical piece of it. And aligned with that, you have to understand that within any organizational culture, there are many, many subcultures. Yep. So, so if you walk into an accounting department, it's probably going to feel a little bit different than if you walk into the marketing or advertising department. So there can very often be microcultures or, or smaller cultures within the overall corporate culture. And so you have to be paying attention not only to the big thing, but to all of the little things that make up the big thing, to put it very simplistically. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I know I've seen that. And no doubt you will have too. One of the most common examples I see is working quite heavily with um, IT departments because my area of expertise is training around the technology. And um, I know in a past life as a, a contract trainer, I saw situations where an IT department had their own subculture and it was like uh, all the people within the organisation were uh, a nuisance to their day and if it wasn't for them they could get so much more done but you had to change their perspective about the fact that they were there to actually support the business and if their nuisance per se wasn't there they wouldn't have a job. You know, I love that you said that because I hear that a lot from leaders. When I go give speeches to leaders or I do consulting with leadership teams, I often get that sentiment from them. My job would just be so easy if I didn't have to deal with leading this team. And I'm like, dude, that is your job. Leading the team <laughs> is the job. And they are not a nuisance. They are the means by which you accomplish what you're there to do. But I think in today's world, you know, it used to be a leader's job was just to lead their team. In today's world, most leaders have their own deliverables in addition to leading their team. And for most leaders, Focusing on the actual work, quote unquote, the stuff they're accountable to deliver is easier than focusing on leading the people. So they do what's more comfortable and leading the people becomes more of that nuisance or inconvenience rather than the purpose that gets them out of bed every morning. Oh, you, you, you're preaching to the converted here, Ava. And I've just marked down a couple of other things that I want to lead on to, but I know that we have a number of really important things I want to talk about. So we, we've established some of the characteristics of a high engagement culture. And I think we've sort of touched on it, but why is engagement so important in business today? 
Well, engagement is only important if you want results. And, <laughs> and I know that's kind of a snarky comment, but it's also the truth because it impacts everything. You know, it impacts who you're able to attract into the organization. Your organizational culture is really important to are you able to attract the best and the brightest talent or are you getting sort of the leftovers because you don't have the kind of culture that is going to attract top talent. It absolutely impacts retention. And we can talk about some some statistics there in that. 80, people who are highly engaged are 87% less likely to leave the organization. Mm. Now, that's huge. I mean, you could go, oh, yeah, well, that's a nice statistic. But think about that for a minute. Think about the turnover rate in your organization. Think about what is the cost per hire to hire, recruit somebody, hire them, train them, get them up to speed you know, that cost for most organizations is huge. And if being highly engaged is makes someone 87% less likely to leave the organization, your retention rates are highly impacted by engagement. Absolutely. Also, yeah. And productivity. I mean, the people who are just coming in and kind of doing their eight and hitting the gate, as we say, you know, they're doing what they have to do. That's one level of productivity. But if I am all in, if I am excited about what I'm doing and I am doing everything that I can, leveraging all of my strengths and talents and brain power toward accomplishing a goal, I am going to be highly productive. My performance is going to be better. And our customers are going to be more satisfied. There's a really interesting number about... Um, about customer retention or about customer care really that that says that highly engaged employees are incredibly more likely to care about the customer and only 17% of less engaged employees even really understand what the customer needs are so if you're non-engaged employees, if only 17% of them really understand customer needs, then you're in trouble as an organization. So customer satisfaction and customer retention is highly impacted by engagement. Also safety. There's lots of studies about safety in organizations, particularly if you're in a plant or manufacturing type of situation. Highly engaged employees are much more likely to have a better safety record. So your profits are better, your return on investment is better. Employee engagement impacts everything. Mm. Oh, look, look, there's a couple of things that came up there for me. The, the first was um, customer satisfaction. I'm not sure where I've heard it. I've heard it from a couple of um, different sources, I, I'm sure, that um, in any organisation, you're not likely to have happy customers and unhappy employees. So usually no. you have to have the happy employees in order to drive that customer satisfaction. It's rare is an organisation that delivers exceptional customer satisfaction uh, that has unhappy staff. 
It's so true. And part of that, you know, comes back to that number that I just shared of how good of an understanding of customer needs do they have? And and the studies say that 70% of your engaged employees have a good understanding of customer needs. And as I mentioned, only 17% of the non-engaged employees. So if they don't even understand what the customer needs are, how are they going to deliver on those? Yeah, and, good luck. I want to draw a distinction between happy employees and engaged employees because there are a lot of organizations that focus on employee happiness and that is one piece of engagement but there's a lot more to engagement than just whether your employees are happy because they can be happy and focused on all the wrong stuff and that's not going to get you the results you want. You know, there's that piece about being aligned and focused and motivated that's a huge part of engagement. I think you make a really excellent point there and I think we use the the happy label uh, because, uh, you know, I I wonder if maybe uh, thinking about engagement and the depth of impact it can have you know, for some people may just seem to be, um, you know, adding to their already extensive to-do list because it just seems like everything has become so much more complex, hasn't it? You know, I go back to the old days. I feel like my parents, you know, them saying, when we were kids, you know, and and I think the generation that we've got managing teams now is is the last of that generation. And the, the generation that's coming through and becoming the new managers are the ones that are just, they're so much more uh, engaged as far as electronics are concerned. And, and I know shortly <clears throat> I want to get on to your take on how technology um, might have changed engagement. But just to summarise why engagement is important, it helps with attracting uh, potential employees and, and I guess clients as well, retaining productivity, performance, customer satisfaction, retaining customers, safety and, and of course profitability. Yes, all of those things. And you know, I think it's interesting that you say that things are so much more complex today mm -hmm. because I think engagement at its base level could not be more simple. I mean, there's really two things you need to know about any given employee, and that's what are you good at and what do you love to do? And if you really understand what they're good at, in other words, their strengths, and, and there's two pieces to that. There's sort of their natural talents, what they sort of were born good at, but then there's the skills that they've developed over their career or their schooling or whatever. So it's like, what are you good at and what are you love to do? If you know the answer to those two questions, you're well on your way to driving engagement with that employee. Because if you understand what the vision is of the organization and what the goals are, and you understand what that employee is good at and what they love to do, then really what you're doing is finding that path of least resistance that aligns what they're good at and what they love to do with what the organization needs them to do. Mm. So it's really pretty simple. Mm. Well, and I think you're, you're spot on there. You're right. It is very simple. And I think uh, we've made things a lot more complex than they need to be.
And when I say we, that's a metaphorical um, business world. I, I, you know, not you and I personally, but um, I just think people, uh, you know, I often see that in the work I do. People are looking for a, a more complex answer to something that can be resolved with a simple process. Um, but we're all expecting things to be harder than what they should be. It's true. And I mean, in if it, like I know that you have many HR leaders who listen to your recordings and people who are in very senior levels of organizations. And I'm not saying at all that there's not a level of complexity to driving Absolutely. a high engagement culture because there is and it does have many components. But I think at its simplest purest level fundamental it's what we just talked about yeah it's it's between one employee and one leader and it's what are you good at what do you love to do and how can we focus that toward meeting the goals of this organization okay so how do you know if your organization is lacking engagement are there are there obvious signs how do you go into an organization and just know uh, that that they they're lacking in engagement well, you know, we talked about things like attraction and retention and productivity and performance and customer satisfaction and retention and ROI and profits. First of all, all those things will be will go down. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you if those numbers are not good, you can bet that your organization is lacking employee engagement. You know, people show up, they'll do what they need to do. But there's not that level of commitment to the goals and to the organization and to their own development that there are in engaged organizations. You know, you, there's not a lot of innovation going on. People are just doing the same old, same old because they're just doing what they need to get by. And I know this is not very scientific, but you can just feel it. You know, I mean, at the simplest level, you can just feel it when you walk into an organization where there's high levels of engagement, you can, it's palpable, you know, there's, the there's buzz. just this excitement. Yeah. This buzz in the air about, you know, the work that they're doing and they're, they're like, we are just doing all this cool stuff because the leadership has taken the time to help them see the impact of their work. They have connected them to a higher purpose. And I think that's so important. In today's world, people want to be engaged in something important. We need to be able to show them the impact of the work they're doing. And the more we can do that, the more excited they're gonna be about making it happen. And again, I'm not talking about the simplistic n employee happiness. And I say simplistic. It's not yep. simplistic to, to have employees happy. But, but again, I think there's some layers of complexity beyond happiness that you need for full engagement. And, and, and part of that is that purpose piece. Employees want to feel like they have purpose and they're making a difference. You know, um, I liken this a little bit to uh, when you talked about feel. You can just feel it, you sense it, there's a buzz. I often liken it to um, when you go and visit a store. So I don't know if you've ever gone into a store you, you can't put your finger on it, but there's just a feeling that you're not comfortable. 
you know, and, and it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't sit right for you and you leave the store, yet you go into another store that may sell the same or a similar product and you go, yes, this, this just feels like it connects with me and I, I guess that's all part of um, making sure that the people in your organisation are the right fit and not trying to force people to fit when clearly, you know, they, they, they're not bringing that dynamic that is going to keep your culture engaged. Yeah, and, and again, that comes back to understanding customer needs. Mm. You know, when, when, when you walk into an Apple store, and I don't know if it's the same way in Australia as it is in the U.S., oh, but yeah. when you yeah. walk into an Apple store... I mean, it's kind of fun, you know? I mean, everybody's excited about what they're doing. They're going to give you great assistance. Whereas you walk into some other stores and the employees are all talking to each other. They're not greeting or taking care of customers. They're, you know, just not 100% present with what they're there to do. Mm. So, Ava, that brings us on to the the next question I have, and I know we've sort of briefly uh, touched around it. Um, How does having a high engagement culture impact on productivity within an organisation? I know we quoted some statistics, but uh, let's come back to, uh, you know, what it means to an organisation to have a high engagement culture from a productivity perspective. Yeah, and I am going to share a few more numbers with you because they're so staggering. Powerful, yeah. (laughs) There's a number that says that highly engaged employees are 480%. That was not a mistake. 480% more committed to helping the organization succeed. So think about that. When you think about productivity, if an employee is almost 500% more committed to helping the organization succeed, what would happen in your organization, in your department, on your team, if that was true? If your current employees were 500% almost more committed to having the organization succeed, holy smokes, Mm. what kind of results could you be getting? You'd get more done and you'd get get things done faster, you'd get them done more efficiently and you'd get them done with, you know, a a high level of care, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And, And the other thing is that highly engaged employees are more than twice as likely to be top performers. And... I know most of the organizations where I go in and speak or train or consult, they could use more top performers. (laughs) It would really help them if they had more top performers. What if you could turn a huge portion of your workforce into top performers? That would really change the whole definition of top performers because if like, a huge percentage of your organization becomes top performers, then who the whole level the, the dynamic know, the changes goes, you know then it's like oh my gosh how high can this go also they are 30 percent less likely to take a sick day highly engaged employees wow so think about in your organization what 
absenteeism costs your organization. And if this is a number you don't have, you really should get it. You know, what does sick days cost your organization? And if you could drop that by 30%, what would that do to productivity? What would that do to your bottom line? Mm. So when you have a high engagement culture, when you have highly engaged employees, they're on fire and they are moving toward their goals and they really care. And, you know, I use care sometimes as an acronym that says they're committed they're all in. They're giving you all they have. The R is for responsible. So they're doing self-leadership. They take initiative. They're not taking somebody sitting on top of them, making sure they're getting things done. And the E is for excited. So when they're excited, their vision and the organization's vision and the goals are clear and they're going after them with everything they have. So when employees really care, when they have commitment and all in and they're responsible for themselves and they're excited, your productivity skyrockets. Mm. Yeah, agree 100%. Um, so, you know, we, we've sort of given a bit of an, an overview of what constitutes a high engagement culture, why it's important, how to identify if your organisation's lacking and what an impact it has on productivity. Ava, what are, say, two or three simple actions our listeners could take to inspire immediate action for, you know, maybe themselves or their teams or their organisation? You know, I think the biggest thing is to have a desire and make a commitment to be a great boss, to really be a leader that people want to follow. Mm. Now, some of your listeners may be sitting there going, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Ava, but how the heck do you do that? <laughs> so, so the next piece I'm going to say, if you're a leader, this is targeted for you. And if you're in a role that consults to leaders like an HR, here's what I'd like you to think about influencing. The first thing is, if you're a leader, make the decision to be the best leader your people ever had. It really is a decision. Because if you make that commitment, if you make that decision, I am going to be the best leader my people ever had, well, then you have to look at your own behavior, don't you? You have to say, how would I behave differently if I were going to be the best leader my people ever have? What would I start doing? What would I stop doing? What would I keep doing that's going well? But chances are you wouldn't stay in your status quo. The second thing is, you have to know deep in your being that people want to be awesome. They don't want to come to work every day and just be mediocre. Nobody wants that. Mm. They want to be great. Sometimes they don't know how to be awesome, but they want to be awesome. So, you know, you don't want to micromanage people. You want to reward the behavior that you want more of so that their inner awesomeness can come out. And I know that sounds kind of like dude kind of language, <laughs> but it really is true. People want to be amazing. And it's our job as leaders to outline the path for them to follow so that they can be amazing. And like you said, reward them for the behavior you want more of. And, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean material awards. You know, I, I know that um, people I know just want to be thanked. And, you know, exactly. often we assume that, you know, people are grateful for what we do. Uh, and the only caveat I put on that is don't send thank you emails. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
sometimes people, you could just put a sticky note on somebody's computer that says, I love the way you handled that customer interaction. I know it was tough. You rock. People will treasure that. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Mm. But know your people and know whether they like their praise in public or private. Some people, if you praise them in a team meeting, they're on cloud nine for weeks. Other people, if you praise them in the team meeting, they are mortified and embarrassed. So you have to know your people mm -hmm. and know how praising them is valuable to them. I think that's a really, really pertinent point. And we also need to take that a step further. We need to be mindful that however we like to be acknowledged or rewarded isn't the same for everyone else, which is exactly what you've said, but in a different wrapper, I guess. Yeah, absolutely true. And often we default you know, to what what we would want rather than thinking about what that individual might be more connected to. Absolutely. You know, let me tell you the story for a moment about Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant used to be um, the coach of the winningest football team of American football in American college football history. And I could give you all his record and his statistics. I'm not going to take the time to do that. I'm just going to say he was the winningest coach in American college football history when he retired. And he was asked one time, what is your secret? How do you get this amazing performance out of these students? And he said, most coaches after the game show the, the players the game tapes and they show them everything they did wrong. He said, the secret to my success is I only showed them the plays where they excelled and I tell them I want more of that. Mm. So think about doing that with our teams. If people catch them doing what you want them to do, help them see why that will help them be more successful and ask for more of that. So you're focusing on the behavior that you want more of. You're focusing on the positive rather than punishing the negative. I think, uh, you know, that is just a vital piece that you've shared there. I think human nature is default to what was wrong, what was wrong. And we, we hear that everywhere. And, and in both of our countries, we've heard that with uh, political um, situations as where we've just had an election here in Australia that's still going around in circles. And uh, you're having an election soon. And, uh, you know, everybody defaults to the negative, you know, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing wrong and why you don't want this rather than saying here's what I will do and here's the positives you know we we're uh, you know we turn on the tv and we listen to the news and everything's negative you know we need to we need to find and focus on the positive like that story that you just shared about Bear Bryant yes and then the last thing would be as a leader to something you could do is to lead with your heart right mm -hmm. Help people see the vision. Help them know what the values of your organization are. Don't let that be a piece of paper that goes in the drawer or a poster that goes on the wall, but live those values. Help your team see 
what the behaviors are that reflect those values so that they're living them every day. And I talked earlier about helping your people find meaning and purpose in their work, because if you do that, they will give you everything they have. So it would be those four things. Decide to be the best leader they ever had. Believe that people want to be awesome. Focus on the positive and reward what you want to see more of, and then lead with your heart and help people find meaning and purpose in what they're doing. Fantastic. Now, I've got one other question that comes back to something we said earlier that I, I want to touch on before we start to close off because I know uh, our, our time together is limited. I spoke briefly about how you feel technology has changed engagement and sort of flagged that as something I'd just like to have a little bit of a chat about. What are your thoughts around that? And by technology, I mean, you know, email, um, social media, etc. I think it's made it both harder and easier. Mm. I mean, certainly if you manage a virtual team, a team that doesn't sit where you sit, technology is your friend because you can have calls where everybody can see each other. You can communicate through email and text or WhatsApp or whatever technology your company is using and stay in touch. So on the one hand, it's really helped things. We have instant communication. I know in the morning I have to give my dog a pill and then wait for half an hour before I can feed him. And if I get out of bed, he wants to go downstairs and get fed. So I lay in bed for half an hour while his medication is working. And what I do is I have my iPad mini and I'm answering emails and I'm connecting with my colleagues and friends on Facebook. And I'm doing a half hour of technology in the morning that connects me with people all around the world and allows me to answer everything that's come in overnight because I work globally and so with the time zones, a lot of things come to me overnight and I need to get to them first thing in the morning. That's the beauty of technology. Now, the downside of technology is it is no substitute for in-person or on the phone actual conversations with people. And technology very often allows leaders to step away from that personal interaction and send things in texts or emails that would much better be served by a personal conversation, either by phone if someone is not where they are, or in person if someone is co-located at the same site. So I think technology has made a lot of things easier, but the temptation is to let technology substitute for real human connection and that does not serve us uh, i think you make an, an excellent point <clears throat> excuse me um look we're fast running out of time ava you know the the last thing i want to ask is uh, because i know we'd spoken briefly about um ideas to to help our listeners and i know that you mentioned to me a challenge what challenge did you want to offer our listeners to help them uh, build a high engagement culture? And, you know, and, and I guess these things don't necessarily just apply to business. I think the challenge would be to your listeners, don't let this be a 45-minute audio that Donna sent you that you listen to and then forget about. My encouragement or my challenge to you would be to make a personal commitment. So in other words, once you make that decision to be the best leader your people ever had, or Donna, from what you say, taking it into your personal life, to be the best parent or the best partner or the best spouse, 
that that your family has ever had or the best friend pick the one thing that will make the biggest difference in that relationship with your team with your spouse with your child with your friend master that see some improvement there raise raise the engagement level with your team or in that relationship get them excited raise the productivity of your team if we're talking about a business situation and then take on the next thing I'll tell you not only will you raise the level of engagement of your team but you'll raise your own engagement because you know many of us if we're a leader for a really long time you know it's it, it becomes same stuff different day sometimes but when you've made that decision to be the best leader your people ever had and you're constantly challenging yourself, it raises your own level engagement of engagement because you see your people excited, you're getting excited, you're seeing the results go up, what you're driving is happening, and it's a continuous circle or cycle. It's like an upward spiral that raises everybody's vibration and energy. Look, that's just fantastic. I think to myself, you know, so often when I do presentations, there's so much knowledge and you're not quite sure what's the one thing that people need. And and I tell people, don't try to remember everything and don't try to apply everything all at once because it ain't going to happen. And you need to set yourself up to win. And the best way to do that is exactly what you said. Pick the one thing, master that, apply that, get success with that, and then pick another thing. And, you know, it's these uh, one thing at a time. And I think too often we're looking for the magic pill, the multitasking thing that realistically our brains aren't wired to do 100 things at once. So I actually believe we need to get back to doing one thing at a time and doing that really well than trying to do 20 or 30 things and and not doing any of them uh, or moving any of them forward. Exactly. And it comes back to that really simple thing, making a decision to be the best leader your people ever had, figuring out what they're good at and what they love to do. You know, there was a there was a study by the Saratoga Institute. They did 60,000 exit interviews over 20 years. And what they found is that 80 percent of the people who leave organizations leave because of relationships mostly with their own manager or supervisor. Absolutely. So so as a yeah, as a manager or supervisor, it all comes down to you and that relationship with that employee. And that is the simplest and the most complex thing you will ever have to navigate. Wow. Ava, we've shared some great insights and had a fantastic conversation about why it's important to build a high engagement culture. Thank you so much for sharing. If some of our listeners want to get in contact with you or perhaps consider some of your resources for their teams, how's the best way for them to do that? Um, if you, they just go to www.avadiamond.com, that's A-V-A and then diamond like a diamond ring, avadiamond.com, they can see everything about my speaking and consulting and, and other things that I do. And if they scroll down a little bit, on the right-hand sidebar, there's a free download of an ebook called Your High Performance Mindset. 10 ways to build the mindset that will skyrocket your performance that I think is applicable to anyone. So if you're listening to this, you will want to go get that free resource at avadiamond.com. 
Fantastic. Ava, thanks again for your time today. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this Expert Insights CD. For more information on our services, visit donnahanson.com.au or the three W's primesolutions.net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hanson, technology strategist, helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now.